So we're starting a series called um, Thinking Bigger and Better. Thinking Bigger and Better. That's the name of the series. Today's sermon is entitled Thinking Bigger and Better About Yourself. Thinking what? Bigger and better about yourself. God has called you to think bigger and better about yourself in 2024. Somebody say, I'm going to think bigger and better about myself. All right. Hallelujah. Praise God. When you, write this down. This is number one. When you think bigger and better about yourself, you know what you can do. When you think bigger and better about yourself, you know what you can do. David made a statement in Psalm 18, verse 29. And he says, for by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Now, um, if you study um, the, the um, Psalms and the timing of different things, you'll find that Psalm 18 is also recorded in 2 Samuel. Now, 1 Samuel, to give you a general synopsis, is David's life before the throne, before he was king. 2 Samuel is David's life after he is king. And it's in 2 Samuel that he records this psalm also. And this psalm is talking about his life and, and what God has done in his life and the things he feels. And one of the things he brings out is his military success and skill. He brings up the victories that he's experienced over his enemies. And in that whole praise to God comes this statement, by you, because he's praising God, I can run against a troop and by my God, I can leap over a wall. So when I was meditating, the Holy Spirit dropped this scripture into my spirit. And then he said, now look. Now I've quoted this scripture before, but this time the Holy Spirit said, look. This is what I want you to emphasize. I can. I said, oh yeah, 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 pinpoint that today. I can. When you think bigger and better about yourself, you're going to be an I can person. Notice he says, I can run against a troop. Some translation says through a troop. Some translation says run um, at a troop. Doesn't make a difference. It's him talking about military, military conquest against his enemies. And he says, then I can what? Leap over a wall. Now, none of us are leaping over walls today. I know in the police academy, they're leaping over walls. <laughs> they're scaling the wall and leaping over it. You have to still do that to pass the police academy. But this is a symbol of something blocking you, something in your way, something to overcome. And David is saying, God has given me the ability to overcome this thing. It's not natural for you to leap over a wall. You're not a tiger. You're not a panther. You're a human being. We walk two feet. But if you are being trained for military conquest or you're trained in an athletic way, you're able to do these things. And David said, even though these walls, and these walls they had back then, not the walls we have now. These are some 
tall walls, hard walls, because this was the protection against your enemies. And so he says, I was able to leap over that wall and go into that um, enemy's territory and do damage. And so you have to see whatever problem, whatever wall is before you, you don't look at the wall and say, oh, I guess I can't get in. Oh, you know what? Let me go back. You know, people see walls and they just turn back. No, we're going to what? We're going to leap over the wall. We're going to what? Overcome the obstacle in the name of Jesus. You ever see those runners and they have the, what is that thing? The high, who oh no, not the high jump. What is that thing? The hurdles. Thank you. The hurdles. And they have trained themselves to what? Leap over the hurdle. At a high speed. What does that mean? <laughs> That because David wasn't leaping over the wall, okay. Uh, like I'm an old person, I'm trying to get no, no, no. He was leaping over the wall at a high speed. Actually, you actually need speed to leap high. Do you remember Michael Jordan? Remember when he would jump? Was he like slowly going? Okay, <laughs> let me make this. No, no, no. He was flying through the air. What do they call him? What air Jordan? So, leaping and jumping also implies speed. So in 2024, stop moving slow. Amen. And the devil has definitely set a plan for you to move slow. Mm-hmm. It's called distractions. We talked about that last week. This is a year of dismissing distractions. You have to catch it real quick and say, no, not this year, buddy. Don't think so. <laughs> Goodbye in Jesus name. Amen. And say no. And distractions come in many forms. Yeah. Your personal thoughts. Your insecurities. Other people's drama, social media, oh, that's a big one. Can't stop scrolling. Oh, this is going on, oh, that's going on, and this is going on, and that's going on. Sometimes my sister tells me things, I don't care, Nigel. I don't care. She's a social media queen. She loves it. She says, oh, this and this happened, and this and this happened. I don't care. Family members, friends, I don't care. I know she thinks I'm being callous, but it's not being callous. I cannot move forward and consume all of everybody else's stuff. Can't do it. Not going to do it. In Jesus' name. Now, 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 I will tell you, from my own personal life history and my ministry, I spent many years being overly concerned about others. Now, you can be concerned about others. That's the pastor's job. But when you're overly concerned, because the pastors usually have bleeding hearts, what happens is you get distracted, and, a sat- and Satan uses the people's issues to distract you from your own personal development. And everybody who's in ministry, you better know that trick. And I fell for it. Most pastors fall for it. And then it hinders even the church as a whole. So I'm recalibrating my thinking. Not that I don't love you, that I don't care about you, but... The way I was when I was a first a, a new pastor, and even <laughs> later on, I've, I'm changing that. I remember Pastor Bernard um, talking about, now he's the pastor of CCC, the biggest church in New York City, has been for a while. Um, he talked about when he first became a pastor in the, night, in the 70s, he, <laughs> this is typical, he would have people live with him, people even from off the street. He said one time, somebody was living like a snake in his house. <laughs> He, he, and, and he talked about how, because this is the time he's talking about how he made the ministry his mistress. 
It became before his marriage, but he was one of those bleeding heart pastors that had everybody coming to his house like I did. <laughs> That's the pastor's heart. I had people living with me too, but I had nobody slivering like, like a snake. <laughs> I mean, I had a snake living with me one time, but he was a slivering like a snake. Oh, did I go there? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> some, people, some people know what I'm talking about. I don't want to hear what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about that right now. This guy is a troublemaker. <laughs> anyway, um, um, <laughs> that happens. The reason why Pastor Bernard was able to get to where he got to is because he changed his thinking. He changed the way he pastored. He's a loving pastor, but he changed his style. And that's what the process I'm into too, so that we can be more blessed and have more people and have more things going on. Amen? Amen. So don't be distracted this year. Make sure that you take the ability that God has given you and jump over every hurdle. Jump over every wall that Satan tries to put in your face. Amen? Amen. In Jesus' name. One of the main things some of you need to jump over is financial insufficiency. This is the year of money. This is the year of getting wealth. This is the year of increasing financially. I saw something... Um, on social media, it was very interesting. <laughs> the answers were crazy. <laughs> um, what would you do if you needed $10,000 in two weeks and your life depended upon it? Oh, a lot of people was like, oh, we about to drop it like it's hot. <laughs> people were saying all kind of crazy stuff. I was like, what? Somebody said, I'm going to get a loan. Somebody said, I'm going to go to my boyfriend. Somebody said, I'm going to go to... But that was an amazing question. And I said, I'm going to present it to the church today. What would you do if you did $10,000 in two weeks and your life depended upon it? Somebody said, I'm going to drive Uber. That ain't going to work. <laughs> Uber ain't bringing that much money in. You can work for 12 hours. You ain't getting 10000 in two weeks. No, that's done. What it tells me is... I know some of you don't have an answer. What it tells me is we don't have enough wisdom because we should have wisdom because there's only, like, only one person on that, on that whole thread. You know, the comments, the action is in the comments. You know, people be saying crazy stuff. One person said, I'm going to hit the financial markets. Only one out of all the comments I read. Because that person has some kind of knowledge and wisdom that they can use to make that kind of money. If you're not able to give an answer that means you're not able to jump over the wall. So we have to get, somebody said, I'm going in my 401k. That's good. That's something you already have aside. So if you have that, that's great. But what if you had nothing and you had to generate that income? You have to have that kind of wisdom operating in you. And guess what? That kind of wisdom is available. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. No, something just hit my spirit. I'm not speaking in tongues over that. Sometimes I do that. Something, the Lord just said, hit me. They needed money for taxes. And Peter came to Jesus and said, uh, we don't have no money for the temple tax. And Jesus didn't seem shaken. <laughs> he wasn't shaken. What did he say? He said, okay, no problem. He said, really, we shouldn't be paying it, but whatever. <laughs> he said, go fishing. Use this thing that you're so good at that it's a temptation for it to keep you from the ministry. 
Actually use it. Go and fish. He says, when you fish, what's going to happen? You're going to catch a fish, there's going to be money in the fish's mouth. Go pay our taxes with that money. Supernatural wisdom. Supernatural instructions with a supernatural result. The need was fit. Amen. The Lord just gave that to us just now by the Spirit Amen. to show you that it is possible. It is possible. And there are sometimes situations will arise where you need money right away that you didn't really have right there, but the wisdom of God is in you, they'll get it to you. Somebody says, I'm going fishing. No, you better not. <laughs> you better find out what his, what his word is for you. That was for Peter and Jesus. What's the Lord's word for you? Amen? And that's one, another problem um, with financial in, um, insufficiency. People are um, copying others without going to the Father about what's my road yeah. of financial increase. For my friend, Pastor Boyan, it was Bitcoin. He thinks that's the road for everybody. It is not. I said, Boyan, there's a lot of multimillionaires and billionaires, people who are richer than you, who don't use Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a way, but it's not the only way. Some people think stocks is the way. Stocks and bonds is a way, but it's not the only way. Real estate, flipping houses, Owning houses and getting the rent. That's a way. It's not the only way. Amen. Buying and selling. That's a way. It's not the only way. You have to find out what is the way for you. What has God ordained for you to do? It could be a multiple things, but you got to seek the Lord. The says, whoever seeks the Lord will prosper. Amen. Amen. So I say glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And they're going to get some great skill in that area. And then you'll be able to command money and have what I call big money manifestations on a regular. Every month, you should have money manifestations. Every month, you should see thousands of dollars and eventually millions of dollars coming into your hand. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, I think bigger and better about what I can do. Hallelujah. Let me give you another person. Joshua and Caleb. They thought bigger and better about themselves. And because they thought bigger and better about themselves, they thought about what they could do. Not what they couldn't do, but what they what? Could do. Satan and demons will always present to you what you can't do. That's their job. They're faithful to their job. And since you know they're going to do that, you have to look at the devil and say, you're a liar. <laughs> and I can do it. I don't believe nothing you tell me. And like I told you last week, don't be afraid to talk to the devil. And don't talk to God about what you're talking to the devil about. You talk to God about what you're talking to him about. You talk to the devil what you're talking to him about. Father, I rebuke the devil. God said, okay, why are you telling me what you're doing? <laughs> Just do it. Satan, you're a liar. Some people feel uncomfortable talking to demons. I don't know why, because they don't feel uncomfortable talking to you. She's the only one clapping? Yeah. That's a revelation. Demons have no problem talking to you, but oh, I don't want to talk to them. Okay, that's weird. It's like somebody punch you in the face. Oh, I don't want to punch them in the face. Okay, well, this, you're going to look like a sucker. A lot of people are looking like a sucker in the spirit realm. Because they refuse to talk to demons. Talk to them. 
It's called the sword of the spirit. Amen. Taking the word of God and fighting them like Jesus did. The Bible says he left us an example that we should follow. Did Jesus talk to demons? Yes, yes or no? Yes. Amen. Are you greater than Jesus? You have something special more than the son of God? Then you better open your mouth and talk to demons. The Holy Spirit told us already, you can't win with your mouth closed. Yes. Look at your neighbor, neighbor, open your mouth. Hallelujah. Numbers 13. This is the scripture. So the background is this. God has just delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. The place of bondage. The place of slavery. Or what people call the land of not enough. The Bible even says they were in hard bondage. Hard bondage. And they cried out to God. After 400 years, God delivered them. Why they were in slavery for 400 years? That's not something for us to get into. The fact is, they were. God, they cried out for deliverance, and God delivered them. When he brought them out of Egypt, they came across the Red Sea. I mean, all kinds of signs and wonders. But then he told them to go through the wilderness. Now, he could have took them through a shorter way, but he didn't want to. The Bible says he put them through the wilderness because he wanted to test them. He wanted to see what was in them. And what was in them was a slave mentality. What was in them was negativity. Because this is what happened. Moses said, oh, go spot the land that the Lord has promised us. The land of Canaan. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit gave me something actually this morning to pinpoint. The land, I preached this so many times, but I never caught this. The land that flows with milk and honey. And the Lord said, when you're in the kingdom, because that represents Canaan's land, you should be in a land, uh, you should be flowing in prosperity. Flowing with milk and honey. Not a whole bunch of interruptions. A whole bunch of problems financially. There should be a flow of good things happening to you all the time. Not just once in a while. That's not the Father's will. The Father's will for you to live in continual or what we call perpetual prosperity, perpetual victory. Not, oh, um, you know, I overcame this sexual temptation this week, but I've lived in sin for the last seven months. No, 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 no. God wants you in victory all the time. Amen? Amen? Amen. God wants you prospering all all the time. God wants you living free from depressed thoughts and anxiety all the time. I live a very worry-free life. I've been preaching that for years. Is, am I right? Yes. Now, do you guys see me worry? No. Nigel, do you see me worry? No. Avi, do you see me worry? Worry-free. I worry about nothing. <laughs> now, it tries to come. But what do I do? I practice First Peter 5, 7. Cast your kids upon the Lord because he cares for you. Father, this is what I'm concerned about. This don't worry about. I give it to you. Amen. At the close of the year, the end of last year, I started being concerned about some things. Um, church finances, my personal finances. Um, and I said, I don't worry about nothing. I don't worry about nothing. I'm going to sow. Follow the Lord's direction. I did. And I am going to declare out of my mouth 
that I'm going to have a great Christmas. Amen. I'm going to use the power of my words and the power of my hand. That's a nice outfit, by the way. You know, you, 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 you want to come up like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was messing with you. You know, so um, my words and my actions were in congruence. And guess what happened? I had manifestation. I had a great Christmas. I was still able to spend thousands of dollars on Christmas gifts. And it didn't hurt me at all. Matter of fact, I had money left over. So I say, thank you, Jesus. I say, glory to God. One time I was shopping and someone in our church, and if you're led, you should do the same thing. They just hit me with $500 in my cash app. I was like, whoa, what happened? And this person never gave me $500 before. And I said, um, what's this about? <laughs> and the person said, well, I've been feeling this for a long time. And though it was a little challenging, I decided to obey. Amen. And I released a blessing over that person. I know God's telling a lot of you to do the same. So, <laughs> obey. Amen. <laughs> the blessing came because of the words I spoke, because of the seed that I sowed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Moses tells them, go out. Spy out this land that flows with milk and honey. He sends spies from every tribe. There's 12 tribes. So there's 12 spies. They're going out, checking things out. They come back with a report. They're like, yo, this place is dope. This is amazing. However, 10 of them, however, there's a lot of giants in the land. And they start complaining. The spirit of negativity gets a hold of them. And the spirit of negativity is very easy to, to attach itself to you. You have to fight against the spirit of negativity. Why is that? Because we live in a fallen world. Now, we're redeemed now. The, the, the world has been redeemed because of the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. So things are a little different. But, there's a, but because of the fallen state of the world, it's going to be restored one day, the spirit of negativity is in the atmosphere. So you have to literally fight against it. Okay, let me give you an example. You notice that you can gain weight faster than you can lose weight? Man, you just eat some carbs, boom, that way is there. I gotta exercise, cut the carbs. But then, you know, but if your metabolism gets in place and it starts happening. But there's always like a resistance to building muscles, a resistance to being fit, but it's very easy to get fat. Same way with the spirit of negativity. It's very easy to attach it to it. The world is filled with bad news and negativity. You have to fight to be positive. But I say fight, fight to be positive. Some of you grew up in homes that were negative and you don't realize that your mindset, your sarcasm is born out of that upbringing. And the Bible says you have to renew your mind and you have to start speaking and thinking positive. Somebody says, oh, I'm, I'm trying to keep it real. Uh, being a negative is not keeping it real. Being a negative is being a fool. Mm 
Because what you are negative about is going to manifest in your life. Job said, the thing that I have greatly feared has come upon me. The thing that I have dreaded has happened to me. You better run from negativity. You better run from fear. Amen. You get up in the morning, you spread that spirit of negativity, spread of depression, anxiety, start shouting, Hallelujah! Amen. Demons will be like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> they, they, they know I'm crazy. Shabbat, <laughs> Shabbat. That happened to me today. I, I, I was I downstairs in the laundromat real quick, and then I came up, and something hit me, a revelation. I said, Hallelujah! Right my bedroom. I'm crazy at home by myself. Sometimes, anybody ever close their drapes? At night, you know, I'm, I, I, I do this on purpose. And so I just burst the drapes open. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I do it on purpose. I don't slowly. I just, <laughs> you got to be like that, man. You got to entertain yourself sometimes too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anybody excited about their lives? Come yes. on, say, I'm excited about my life. Come on, say, I love my life. Amen. All right. <laughs> and so then Caleb, two of the spies were positive. Caleb was one of them. And Caleb quieted the people. And if you see negativity in your home, fathers, fathers, quiet the people. Mothers, you see your kids being negative, quiet the kids. Say, so we don't speak negativity in this house. Only positive words. You're going to see your house elevate. The atmosphere is going to be charged with something. Be like, whoa, what's going on? You dismiss negativity. Amen. The spirit of faith is in the room. Amen. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Caleb saw bigger and better about himself. And he thought about what he could do, not what he couldn't do. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. They were negative. They didn't think bigger and better about themselves. They still had slave mentality. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. The King James calls it an evil report. Being negative is not cute. The Bible calls it evil. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the drunkard is evil. The prostitute is evil. The porn addict is evil. No, the negative person is evil. Amen. Those things are evil. Smoking weed, all oh, that's bad. Being a negative is evil. Amen. The cokehead, oh, they, they, crackhead, oh, man. No, being a negative should be, oh, man. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Amen. It says, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We were like, what? Grasshoppers in our... Oh, my goodness! That's some real slavery. Do you see yourself like a grasshopper? You know what a grasshopper is? You basically say, I'm a roach. I'm a water bug. 
I'm something that deserves to be crushed. I'm something that's easily a, 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 a grasshopper. They have what we call the grasshopper complex. And it says, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sights. And our what? Uh, we, this is how we see ourselves. We're like little mice, we're like little grasshoppers, we're like little roaches. And so we were in their sight. Now, how were you a grasshopper in their sight? You actually sparked the land. That means you had no contact with them. They never spoke to you. So why are you saying this is how we look in their sight? The spirit of negativity is so demonic, it will make you think other people think you're nothing. When they're not even thinking about you. They didn't even notice you. That's how deep this thing goes. Run from it. Run from negativity. Run from doubt and unbelief. Run from the spirit that says you can't do this. So I shout, I can do it. Hallelujah. The other spy who was positive and not negative was Joshua. And Numbers 14, 6 to 9 says this, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. Now this is the backdrop of them saying, we can't do it, it's not going to happen. Now, the tearing of the clothes is a custom of the Jews when they were grieving, when something devastating happening, when loss happened. Now, I'm not reading everything to you, but if you go back, the Bible says that actually Moses and the priests fell on their faces before God because they knew this spirit of negativity is going to draw the wrath of God. It's going to, draw the, it's going to arouse the anger of God. They knew that by the people, the majority of the people saying, we can't do it when God says you can do it, we're actually calling God a liar. And we're about to get it. So Moses fell on his face. Oh my God. And people tore. But they still tried to admonish them. As they tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Isn't it interesting how one group has one perspective and another one has the same perspective? Is, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? It all depends on how you're looking at it. The ten spies saw it half empty. Joshua and Caleb saw it what? Half full. The land we passed through a spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which what? Flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Negativity is a rebellion against the Lord. When God says you can and you say you can't, God counts that as rebellion. We see rebellion as just sexual sins. Rebellion as, oh, you don't go to church today. Rebellion, you didn't tithe. No, just being negative is rebellion. Amen. Come on, somebody. 
Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. God has an issue when you're afraid of people. Because if you're afraid of people, guess what that means? That person or that boss or that co-worker or that neighbor is an idol to you. There's somebody exalted above God. That's why you hear me preach all the time. If your boss says we fire you, like, okay, what? See you. Peace. Thanks for the early day off. <laughs> and you go to God and say, you're my source anyway. Yeah. My God. Hallelujah. This job is only a resource. <clears throat> Who are you, O great mountain? The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Yeah. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. The Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? I will not fear. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay. Hello, somebody. Yes. I shall not what? Fear. No, want. Come on, quote it right. <laughs> she, she caught up. She caught up. She in the spirit, though. <laughs> oh, gosh. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? Want. He makes me to lie down in what? Green pastures. He leaves me beside what? Still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness or prosperity for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup it's empty. My cup is what? Runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy, oh God, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You have nothing to fear and nothing to worry about in 2024. Come on, shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Get loose and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, get excited. Up in here. This is your year of bigger and better. This is your year of dreaming big and obtaining what you're dreaming. Somebody say, my hands are anointed. Some of you, you're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to see them recover instantly. Amen. Somebody says they have cancer. Don't be afraid to pray for the person with cancer. I have stage four. Okay, what's stage four cancer to Jesus? Come out, cancer. Be healed in Jesus' name. That's it. Simple as that. You ain't the healer anyway. Jesus is. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give people the word. Tell them Jesus died not only for your sins, but for your sickness and diseases. By his stripes you were healed. When I lay hands on you, you're going to recover. Tell people that. But first you've got to believe it. Amen. And step out in boldness. <laughs> and help people. And do it for yourself, too. You got a headache, don't be sitting around, oh, I got a headache, I got a headache, I got a headache. No. Lay hands on yourself and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. No down days. Amen. 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 We win it out here. Now, if you need to sleep, sleep. If you need to take a little aspirin, Tylenol, I don't care, take it. But do something to stand against what's coming against you. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So he says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Back then, this is like thousands of years ago, they were saying, we're going to eat your lunch. <laughs> That's not new to our time and culture. Amen. This is before Jesus. This is thousands of years ago, guys. Yeah. They're like, they're bread for us. They're like, what's this? What? what, what? Oh, the, the, the economy is up. Who cares? I mean, the, 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 the interest rates are up. Who cares? Taxes are high. Okay. You live in New York City. Yes, it is. If you don't want taxes, go to Florida. Go to Texas. But if Jesus ain't let you go there, you got to pay the money here. Yeah, it's a corrupt system. More money on the, on the tolls. I hate that whole toll thing, man. Thing is, is but. But guess what? I'm not in city council. I ain't going to a city council meeting fighting for it. All I'm going to do is believe God for more money. Amen. Listen, let other people fight. I ain't got time for that. They're bread for us. This city ain't nothing. You think New York City or Singapore or San Francisco, God's in heaven. Oh my goodness, it's so expensive. I can't provide for my people. Do you think Michael and Gabriel are like, yo, what are we going to do? How are we going to help the saints? Come on, man. It's ridiculous. That's why you need to worship. Yeah. So you need to lift your hands and be giving thanks and worshiping in the morning because you have a different perspective. How, how is an expensive city anything to God when he is spirit? Yeah. And everything in this material world comes from him. Like the diamonds, the oil, the gas, the oceans, the fish. Everything that we do is built off of what he created. So what are you worried about? There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be concerned about. There's nothing too expensive for the Lord. Do you understand this? There's nothing to... The problem is the world, some, not all the world, some of the world, under the sway of the wicked one, have entered into this understanding and their advertisement for the kingdom of darkness. Some in the church have entered into this understanding and their advertisement for the kingdom of light. But we need more people in the kingdom believing this. We're, you, all of you here, based on the world system, is considered middle class, upper middle class. You can allow yourself to live by that definition. The pandemic came and God used it. God didn't send the pandemic, but he used it to help people break out of a mindset. So people started breaking out. I don't have to be at this job for no nine to five. Nine to nine, killing myself. I became a millionaire sitting home. Oh, I'm not going back. Bye. So now you got companies having to give back their offices and give back their buildings. I think it was um, a, a Facebook. They had an 18-year lease that they paid off now they said we, we don't need the space so they paid like 170 million something but basically they had 18 year lease of slavery so people can not that going to work in slavery but we we, we have designed something we have paid for something because we know we're gonna have workers right here people are like deuces i'm out and the world has now had to recalibrate how they deal with people. They're trying to squeeze people back into this mold 
but a lot of people are fighting. Amen. And you need to fight. Somebody say, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. Don't let the world squeeze you to its mold. Don't let the world tell you, you know, this is how you're going to make your money. This is how you're going to be in the, in, the, in the rat race. And, 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 and those of you who have good benefits, be very careful. The world system uses benefits to trap you. Especially when you have kids. Or you're going to have kids. Oh, I got to have these benefits. Oh. Okay. Benefits are great, but they're not God. Because the devil can hit you with something that none of your benefits are going to help. You better have your faith in God. Because you can get something from a demon that your benefits will run out. Don't put your trust in no benefits. Put your trust in the Father and his benefits. The Bible says he daily loads you with what? Benefits. Who heals all your diseases. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who crowns you. Crowns your life with what? Loving kindness and tender mercies. Who, who, who delivers you from all kinds of destruction. Who fills your mouth with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagles. My mother begged me to get the Obamacare. I probably should have got it. But I've lived so many years not going to a hospital that my faith is so strong in the Lord. As I'm getting older, it's still strong in the Lord. Now I've gone to the doctor. I've paid cope. I mean, I've co-paid like payments. Okay. So. I know people who are like, oh, you got to make sure you have it. And they're paying like, man, mad dough to have benefits every month that they don't even use. Now, again, I'm not against benefits. You can have your benefits. You can pay your big insurance thing. But what I'm trying to tell you is, Make sure your faith is more in the Lord Amen. than in the doctor in your network. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God can do what no doctor can do. Amen. Amen. We see it right here in our church. People getting healed. People getting delivered. That girl two weeks ago Spraying wrist, 15 year old, instantly healed by the power of God. Yes. A doctor can't do that. Right. Only Jesus can. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. Makita, yes. come, come, come real quick. Man, we have you come up a lot. What's going on here? Oh, you look nice. Very nice. Thank God. Thank God you look good. You're going to come every day looking good now, every Sunday. Come on. <laughs> Never know. Um, you never know. <laughs> Tell them about the dream that you told us, but the part about the breast cancer mm -hmm. and then how you went to your mammogram and you was good. Okay. Share the testimony. Yeah. All right. So I had a um, follow-up mammogram appointment and um, I wasn't thinking about it. They just told me to come back because um, the, the tissue was, was dead. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. I was not thinking about it, so I went to sleep, and um, I always got a break from that. <laughs> <laughs> Go, do so your thing. I went to sleep, and the next day was, was my appointment, but the, the day that I woke up, um, I had this dream, we are in a park, and um, there were a lot of people, it looked kind of like um, Central Park. There's just a lot of people 
who needs prayer? And like, it's, it was a huge crowd. It, I felt like it might have been a fair or kind of, yeah, county fair, carnival or something. I mean, I didn't see rides. I just saw that many people. And so, um, Pastor Maurice is there and he says, who, who needs prayer? Who needs to be prayed for? And everyone rolled their hand, and I was like, wow. So as I was there and I looked, I felt an overwhelming sense of compassion and just love for the people. Because I'm like, Amen. this is a lot of people. <laughs> and I, I kind of felt like, man, this is how Jesus healed the 5,000, and it really wasn't 5,000, it was like more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just the compassion that Jesus had, I, I kind of felt that in the dream. And I was like, oh my goodness. So Pastor Maurice had said, okay, if you, you want prayer, like like make a line, you know, or make make two lines. And it was just too many people for for me to see Pastor Maurice like go down the line and pray for each person. And then I said, um, I then I just opened up my mouth and I said, um, okay, women over here, turn and face one another, like, take a person, look at a person, and, you know, face the other, face the person to you. So, it's like a woman is standing here, and I'm standing here. And I said, okay, all the women, like, face one another. And then what I want you to do is take your hand and place it on the person's breast, like right here. So, I'm doing this, she's doing this. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Not the men, the women. But it was women, specifically. I could see Niall getting excited. So it was women facing each other. Oh, God. Um, so then we extend our hands and we're placing it on each other, right? And then I said, okay, this is what I want you guys to say. I want you to, to, to curse whatever diseases are there. I want you to pray for the healing. Mm-hmm. Ask God to come in and do this and, and do that. And it was a powerful prayer, and people just were just doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, as, as that was happening, I saw a, uh, something black fall to the ground, mm-hmm. right? And I looked at it, I kind of like kicked it because, you know, I don't like touching anything. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrities are coming, ha! Huh? <laughs> My God.
I, I didn't think that I did, but even if I did, God clearly showed me I healed. But then I also asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, what was that black clip? What was that? And he said, Listen. He said, Cancer is like that black clip. It takes a grip over your faith, over your life, and it holds things in place. I was like, what? <laughs> I've never heard that before. I've never heard mm-hmm. a simple explanation yep. of, of, of what can, the name cancer, not necessarily cancer itself, right? But the name cancer, the disease, one is from the enemy. That's number one. God never gives us Come on, teach. Come on, preach. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That's powerful. Come on. Rejoice. 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 Anything the devil is trying to grip on you and hold on you, you are released from it now in the name of Jesus. Any dark thing the devil's going to try to put on you, know that is not, has no legal right to be on you, and you tell the devil, get off of me in Jesus' name. And that thing's going to fall to the ground like that clip. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Financial problems, sickness, disease. Listen, don't go around talking about, oh, this time of year, my allergies act up. First of all, they're not your allergies. They're the devil's allergies. You say, no, I don't receive you this year. Or watch this, what you're using with your words. Every year around this time, this happens. Anybody ever said that before? You heard somebody say that before? Don't say that no more. And so every year around this time, this happens. But now it won't happen no more. My case is different. Amen. Amen. And don't feel guilty about being superior to circumstance. You think everybody wants to be on top. Sometimes people don't because they don't want to leave others behind. Leave the people behind with their negativity, their sickness, their disease, their poverty. That's what you want. That's you. Love you, but that's not me. Amen. Amen. My dad had a, um, a what do you call it? Open heart surgery because he had three clogged arteries. 70%, 50%, and another one, I think 90%. And my dad is a street guy, so he's like, nah, man, I ain't doing that, you know. He said, but something told me, you better do it, bro, if you want to live. <laughs> he said, okay, go ahead, do it. And they did it. So can you imagine open-heart surgery? So we called, next day, he said, man, I took 14 steps. I said, let me go back to my bed. I can't walk. And then he, you know, he can't really talk. He said, okay, dad, we'll call you, call you the next day after that. He lives in Wichita, Kansas. Man, the second day, this guy's running his mouth already. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Why are you talking? <laughs> oh, Maurice, you didn't check yourself. Da, 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 da. You and your sister. Da, da, da. Like, bro, we talk about you. You're the one in the hospital, not me. <laughs> and this guy's trying to put yep. his stuff on me. Yep. Nah, bro, just because you there? That's going to be I'm going to be there. 
or run to the family. I, I don't care about no running no family. Not running to my body in the name of Jesus. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. And then my sister calls, he tells her the same thing. Oh, you didn't get yourself checked. You're not so checked out. And actually, she just got so checked out. She's good. Her heart is good. They don't put that on us because you ran the streets and you didn't sleep and you didn't take care of yourself. Don't put that on me. People try to put things on you. Oh, it runs in our family, so you got to make sure you get your mammogram. I'll get a mammogram. I'm not going in, faith, in, in, in unbelief, though. Amen. I'm going because you told me to go, mom or grandma. Amen. Hallelujah. Mental illness runs in the family. Better watch it. Alzheimer's watching it. Listen, the devil's going to try this in this. It's the atmosphere of Alzheimer's disease. The devil's going to try to mess with you, especially even you younger people, you middle-aged people, some of you older people. You forgot something. Oh, I, I, I must. Oh, oh, it must be starting. And you secretly are afraid. Secretly. You don't tell nobody. But the devil can see when you receive his evil thoughts. He can see when you're meditating on things. So you have to open your mouth and say, I'm never going to have Alzheimer's. I'm never going to have dementia. Yeah, I forgot that name. So what? No big deal. No big deal. I forgot a name. Okay. Because the devil will use. So now, there's another thing I want to teach you. Are you ready to be taught? Yes. Am I helping you? Yes. Yeah, we're still talking about bigger and better. Amen. But we're taking a little side journey to help you. Hallelujah. How many of you say, oh, I keep forgetting? Raise your hand if you say that. Raise your hand high because I know you do. Raise your, raise your hand high. High, high. I want to see it. The word I keep forgetting or, oh, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. Raise your hand if you say that. Raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. That's the majority of you. Okay. So today's the day we stop saying, I keep forgetting. Today's the day we stop saying over and over, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. Your words are being used to establish something. You need to say, I don't forget. So let's say you did forget, right? What's another way you could say, I, I forgot without saying the word, I forget. I, I forgot. Huh? That's unusual. That's good. What else you could say? Like, if you, let's just talk to somebody. You, let's just use another term. Let's think. Same thing. I didn't remember. I missed that one. It's good. Oh, I failed to call you back. That's better. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. I keep forgetting. No. My mind is working very well and I do remember everything. And sometimes we say, I forgot because we're lying. Don't lie. <laughs> yeah, we know you, Alex. We know how you do. <laughs> now he stop. He's the first one who laughed because you know, you know what that means. He's lying about everything. Now we stop. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, don't do that. Don't do it. Amen. These are little things that will help you switch from the spread of negativity to the spread of positivity and also little things that will close the door on Satan because yeah. he he's a legalist and he likes to come in on legal grounds. So if you keep saying, I'm, I, I keep forgetting for 20, 20, 30 years, guess what? He said, well, let me help them forget. Revelation, right? Yes. Watch your words. 
All the parents that call their kids stupid, a lot of them in jail today, and they're stupid. Not really stupid, but they're manifesting the words of their parents. Some of people like that who've heard that, they broke that off of their lives, and they started speaking right things over their lives, and they're manifesting something different. If anybody ever told you, ain't nobody going to want you, you say, that's a lie. I'm a good thing to find. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're a man, you're going to say, I got my good thing out there waiting for me. Amen. That's all you need to say. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And some of you ladies, don't feel guilty about getting a man because three of your girlfriends don't got nobody. Oh, she said she, ain't, she, ain't, she, said she didn't think about that. That's good. That's why she got one. Because sometimes girlfriends will get jealous, and you know they will. So you're like, ah, oh, maybe I... And you sabotage what God is sending you. Don't do that. But we do that for a lot of things. You know that this house is for you. Instead of you believing for it, somebody says, oh, you don't need something that big. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then you dismiss what God sent you because of a friend who's jealous of you and envious. You better mark those people. And you need to be, I'm a, I'm a confrontative, like, are you jealous of me? You got a problem? Because if you do, we need to talk about it. You need to let me know if I need to cut you off or if you're willing to repent and not be jealous. Because the Bible says, who can stand before envy? Who can stand before jealousy? It's real. But you're still obligated to speak, to think bigger and better about yourself. Amen? Hmm, my gosh. I have so much here, my Lord. Um, let me give you, I got, okay, it's gonna be part, this is gonna be a two-part thing. Um, let's write this down, number two. When you believe better, bigger and better about yourself, you will value your life. Now write this down. This is very important for you to write this down. I want, I want to end with this concept. When you value your life, comma, I want you to write down exactly how I write it down. When you value your life, comma, you will attach your worthiness to what you want. Amen. When you value your life, you will attach your worthiness to what you want. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. work on your worthiness. Find somebody else and say, hello. hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Work, on your work on your worthiness. Amen. Amen. Black people, black Americans, Caribbeans, any white people here? I don't think so. You Spanish by default, praise God. Whoever you are, oh, English. Oh my God, please. This guy, these Jamaicans were born in London or in Canada, they get on my nerves. I'm Canadian. I'm English. The queen don't even know you, bro. <laughs> queen Elizabeth wasn't bringing you to her, to the, to the Buckingham Palace. 
Anyway, let me not go there. Let me not go there. It's like black people talking about, I'm not black, I'm Spanish. Because they're from Panama. But you're dark as, never mind. No, no, I have, we had a, I have a, a friend that I love, somebody who's at our church that I love. I mean, this person may hear this. I love them. They know I love them. But I'm like, bro, you are black. No, I'm not. I'm Spanish. I'm like, okay, whatever. I ain't saying hell going back and forth. <laughs> Don't worry about it. In the revolution coming, you're going to find out you're black. <laughs> I'm just messing around. But anyway, seriously, um, when, you're, when you value your life, you will attach your worthiness to what you want. The Lord gave this one to me. Um, Joshua 2. Read the story. You can read the whole thing of Joshua. Moses has just died. The children of Israel, not, is, you know, is the, the, the 40 years is up. It's time for the, to enter the promised land. What do you mean the 40 years is up? Okay, so you remember that story from Numbers 13? I didn't finish everything, but God got involved. And he says, these people have tested me these 10 times. I'm done. He says, you said you won't enter in, you won't enter in. The only people who are going to enter in is Joshua and Caleb because they have a different spirit. They followed me wholly. They had the spirit of faith. They have positivity. Since you have negativity and you said that you and, and all your kids are going to be, be jacked up, guess what? You're going to be jacked up. But all the, ki- all, all, all the kids, uh, all the people 20 years and under, under 20, they're going to go into the promised land, but you're not going to. You're not going to. But now we've got to go 40 years and everybody has to, this is the term that God used, they have to bear the brunt of your infidelity. So God the Father thought negativity, negative speaking is cheating on him. Saying you can't, when he says you can, is like cheating on him. That's the word he used, the brunt of your infidelity. So not only is it a bad report, an evil report, it's infidelity. So not walking by faith is not just, oh, something that some people do. That's not my thing. You better walk by faith. You better believe God. Uh, What's his name? Mike Murdoch said, God is obsessed with being believed. He finds it disrespectful to not believe him. How do you know? Hebrews 10.38, right before Hebrews 11 starts. What does he say? Anybody who draws back. It's a very uncommon term, but it's used a few times. My soul shall have no pleasure in them. That's very deep. Because God doesn't say that often. He's saying my emotions, I'm not rocking with you. I don't really like the way you are. Because unbelief is of the wicked one. And you're my kid and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're dancing in doubt and unbelief. You're, you're, you're shrouding, you're clothing yourself with negativity. I can't rock with that. That's why the Bible says, run your race and let go of the sin that so easily besets you. And the Amplified makes it clearer. It says the sin of unbelief. That's so easily beset. It's easy to not believe. But you have to, the Bible says the just 
shall live by faith. It's said four times in the scriptures. Somebody say, I want to live by faith. Somebody say, I want to believe God. Somebody say, I want to be, believe bigger and better about myself. Say, I want to believe bigger and better about myself. So, um, they go through that period of time, and now we're here in Joshua 2. And Joshua's about to bring the people 40 years has passed into the promised land. But they need to go get this place called Jericho, but it's built up. It's surrounded. It's a fortified city. But God said, that's your city. There's a king there. He got people on alert. They're getting this place. But when God says he's getting it, you must just give up. So they send spies. Israel's big on spies. <laughs> send two spies out. And guess what? The king got his thing on lock. The king of Jericho. And they noticed that these spies go to the town prostitute, Rahab. Now, some people believe that she, that she actually was a keeper of an end and had a prostitute thing going on. That was like coming then. And also, you know, you've seen these movies in Old English. They go to the inns or where the prostitutes are. That's where you get all the information. They're trying to find out what's going on. So they come to her place and she's like, oh, we heard about y'all. We scared. They're like, oh, y'all really scared? Yeah, the whole place is scared because we know how God gets down with you. She said, listen, I know you're about to jack this place up but I want to be saved <laughs> now this is very interesting I want to live matter of fact not only I want to live I want my father my mother and all my relatives and all their stuff to survive very interesting I thought about it because I never really studied the, the, the story of Rahab but I started really thinking about Rahab if you're a prostitute usually you have some problems with your family but she valued her life and even the family, the her life of her family, that she asked for them. So they said, all right, we won't do nothing to you and your family if you don't tell that we were here. She says, bet, we got a good deal going on. And they said, just make sure, when we, you know, everybody at your house, because we ain't going around looking to see this is Rahab's family. Get everybody at your house, all right? I thought that was funny. <laughs> and she said, all right. So she put down a red a red cloth so they can go down. She said, escape to the mountains and um, stay there for three days. Very interesting. The prostitute, she knew, the, she knew how things operated. Why? Because she had a men all the time. I know how they, how they roll. Stay there for three, three days. If you don't, they're going to catch you. And the Bible says they were, they were really looking and they would have caught them. But they listened. They stayed in the mountain for three days. Then they came and then they went back and said, yo, Joshua, the city's ours. He's like, oh, bet. She puts this red thing to indicate that this is her. And um, they said, if you do tell, or any of your people tell, we're not obligated to our, our oath no more. She said, bet. Story goes, they ransack, destroy. Joshua's like this crazy military guy. He burns the whole city down. Except for Rahab and her family. And their stuff. Why? Because she thought bigger and better about herself to ask for her life. She thought, even though I'm a prostitute, even though I'm giving my body away, I'm worthy to live. My family, they probably jacked up, but they're worthy to live. We're worthy to have our stuff. 
Those spies told Joshua, listen, this is the deal we made, this is what happened. He said, no problem, go and get them. And the Bible says, they brought Rahab and her entire family to Israel. The prostitute, the bad girl, got saved because she valued her life and she attached her worthiness to what she wanted. But the story gets better. She gets married. She has a son. And then he has a son. And then it ends up being the great, great grandmother of King David, whom Jesus' line came on. Rahab is a relative of Jesus. The prostitute ended up being in the lineage of the son of God, the son of David, because she thought bigger and better about herself, because she attached her worthiness to what she wanted. What will happen in your life, in your lineage, if you think bigger and better about yourself, if you value your life, if you attach worthiness to what you want. I want this, I want that, I'm worthy of it, so I'm going to get it. And nothing's gonna stop me. Amen. 2024, your life's gonna look different. Amen. 2024, it's gonna be bigger and better. Amen. Anybody excited about it? Yes. Hallelujah. Anthony and Annette, um, you pay high taxes? Sort of. Not, 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 not for Suffolk County. I'm not giving them. I just want to proclaim a blessing over you and all, and all you Long Island people. <laughs> your taxes, your financial situation will not overwhelm you. Whatever is overwhelming you will come to an end in the name of Jesus. Whatever financial struggle you have had, amen, go to God and he will prosper you beyond your wildest dreams. Now you didn't tell me that you had a financial struggle. Nobody told me, but whatever level that you're at now, by the end of the year, it can look very different. Very different. You have to go to him. You have to obey him. He'll show you what to do. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You said you want the blessing too? Same for you, buddy. Amen. Amen. Walk by faith, not by sight. Get into the word. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Find out what the Holy Ghost is saying. Be willing to make any adjustment he says to make. One of the things the Lord told me, I've been to Tyler's house 15. God, you ain't gonna talk to me about money. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, you need to have bigger offerings. Yo, I've been giving mad money to people. I, I ain't so about the money you give to people. Amen. I said you need to give better, bigger offerings to ministries. That's where the, the hot soil is. Because sometimes you're sowing to people, they ain't good ground. That's your business. You want to do that? Go ahead. You bless my people? Yeah, I'm going to bless you for that, but 
You need to sow into ministries more and give bigger offerings. There's other things the Lord has shown me that you need to do. Everybody has something God's going to say. Don't think you're so in tune with the Holy Ghost that you don't need any kind of correction. So the Lord will pinpoint things. You'll be like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're so excited about you being a tither that there's another part that you're missing. The thing that I give offerings is that it needs to be bigger. You want, you want big returns, you need to give big, big seeds. Amen. Catch your negative talking. Catch it. Say, Lord, I repent. I let go. You got to train yourself to speak positive every day of your life, not just on church. Every day. Amen. Amen. Over your kids, over yourself, over your spouse. Every day. Over the ministry. Amen. Amen. Every day I want you guys this year saying, when this church is growing by leaps and bounds. Amen. Just say it. And there's another confession. Are you ready for it? I'm going to have you join our faith. It's a scripture the Lord gave me. And it coincides with a dream he gave me. So I want you to say this. A little one shall become a thousand. When this church shall become a thousand. A thousand people. Say that. Speak it. Release it. Amen. All things are possible to those who believe.